0: Hey, Josephina, have you listened to that new song, Driver's License, that's been blowing up recently?
1: I have. It's such a sad song, but I mean, I've seen sadder things this week.
0: Really? You've seen something sadder than Driver's License? What do you
1: mean? I mean, just imagine the song Sinner could write after Rafa dropped him as his practice partner for the Australian Open.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts Shravia
1: and Josefina.
0: Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all.
1: Shravia and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on the court and off the court companionship.
0: And we're the young female voices in modern day tennis you've been looking for. So we hope you enjoy this episode and stay tuned for more.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Hold On to Your Rock Racket Rocket Rocket Not Rocket. It's Racket <laughs> Podcast. Um you see, I've already messed up and we're two seconds into the podcast. That's a great little precedent. But either way, it's January fifteenth and Shravia take it away with the hot headlines.
0: Yeah, so we're gonna jump right into it. There's been a lot happening in the tennis world in the past few days. So we're gonna update you guys on all of that news so as you may have seen on social media the players have started arriving in australia for the two-week quarantine period um that begins now which is basically for the uh, multiple australia-based tournaments that are happening and then obviously the australian open right after that so right off the bat we have some coronavirus drama already starting so tennis (coughs) sandgren a uh quite the quite the interesting tennis player on and off the court. Um on Monday, he said that he boarded a plane to Australia despite having tested positive for COVID-19 that very same day. So he knew he was sick, like he was COVID positive and the Australian Open knew that he was COVID positive. And he also he was kind of live tweeting this whole thing, which is also totally weird, but we're going to talk about that in a little bit. He said that he had been sick with coronavirus in November. And then he tested positive again this time around, but was asymptomatic and is asymptomatic. So the Australian health authorities cleared him to fly, even with this positive test. And the Australian Minister for Police and Emergency Services tweeted, quote, Tennis Sandgren's positive result was reviewed by health experts and determined to be viral shedding from a previous infection. So it was given the all clear to fly. No one who is COVID positive for the first time or could still be infectious will be allowed in for the U- for the Australian Open. So Sandgren was tweeting stuff about, um, my two, quote, my two tests were less than eight weeks apart. I was sick in November, totally healthy now. There's not a single documented case where I would be contagious at this point, totally recovered. So weird that he was live tweeting this and like, just like waiting for tennis Twitter to roast him for boarding a plane while COVID positive. Um, so that's all, that's all fantastic. And as if, this story couldn't get more dramatic we had some breaking news just a couple hours ago about what this positive test from tennis sandgren has led to happen
1: yes this is the story of flight qr 7493 so that was one of the first flights to arrive it was an australian open charter flight that departed from lax the los angeles airport two people on the plane tested positive a player and a coach People and players on board will now have to complete a full 14-day quarantine without the granted five hours for training outside of the hotel room, and they can only use the exercise bikes delivered to each room and whatever equipment they have on them. Players on this flight include Sloane Stevens, Pablo Cuevas, Kane Shikori, Tennis Sandgren, Victoria Zarenka, Guido Pea, and, man, I feel bad for this guy, because if you remember one of our first episodes, we covered how he was involved in another little COVID fiasco, and more players, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, not only is this such bad luck for these players, especially Peya, as you said, who had to deal with a similar situation As you said in the western and southern open but also since we know that the two people who tested on the plane tested positive on the plane were a player and a coach and the fact that we know that tennis sandgren also tested positive the australian open confirmed this also a couple days ago because they were getting a bunch of questions and backlash about like why are you letting him on the plane if he's positive so it's pretty clear that the player who tested positive on this flight is tennis sandgren and because of the fact that he was let on the plane now all these other players have to quarantine. And it also raises the question, people were asking this on Twitter a lot, about like what's going to happen to these players' practice partners? Because these players can't practice for these two weeks now because they're in that strict quarantine. So all the practice partners they had, it's going to be like, that's also going to be difficult for them to figure out who they're going to practice with.
1: Not even that, just the idea of practicing in general. They're losing out on two entire weeks. They are stuck in a little confined space with limited activity, it's going to be very difficult for them to come back. And I think that should be taken into account when they start playing at the, these tournaments in Australia. So another positive COVID-19 test that came in preparation of the Australian Open was Andy Murray. He tested positive just days before he was supposed to fly out to Melbourne. The Australian Open released a statement saying that he will now be unable to join the official Australian Open charter flights and because of that would be missing the mandatory quarantine period with the other players. So because of that, it is most likely that he will not be competing in this year's Australian Open. And, I mean, Andy had a wild card going into this tournament, like he had into the U.S. Open and French Open. So, and and he got a lot of backlash for that, too, because people were saying that it's, obsol- it's an obsolete use of wild cards. So, I feel like this would be a bad excuse for haters to claim that he's wasting wild cards again, when, of course, who wanted this situation?
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to say that in this case, because this is obviously, like something with a test result, Um, but, you know, it's so unfortunate because Andy Murray was, you know, preparing for, you know, he had just come back at the U.S. Open, at the Western and Southern Open and the U.S. Open, and then he spent a lot of time towards the end of the season preparing and really wanting to make a stronger comeback. He did pretty well in the Battle of the Brits exhibition, which was a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, Um, so people were, like, really, you know, even more looking forward to his return. And if you remember, uh, I believe the 2019 Australian Open or 2020, I think 2019 Australian Open was when Andy Murray thought he was going to be retiring. Um, and now two years, one or two years later, I forget exactly which year, um, to be, had such bad luck with the COVID test is really unfortunate. But, you know, there's still a chance if the Australian Open can figure it out. And like, if he's not, if he's deemed to not be infectious, test negative, whatever, but it's going to be difficult.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, since he tested positive in preparation of the Australian Open, it's positive that it's possible that he was positive before then, meaning that he could test negative in a couple of days.
0: Yeah. Another player who tested positive is Madison Keys. So she said on Thursday, um, she said on social media that she would be missing the Australian Open as a result of that. Um, And then she also said that she plans to return in february to tennis so this will probably not include the australian open but again we we don't really know um and then nicolas masu who's dominic team's coach also tested positive in chile shortly before he was supposed to fly to australia so he's going to be able to uh he's not going to be able to accompany dominic team at the australian open um, or the at the other Australian tournaments until further notice. So, Team's father, Wolfgang, is going to be going with him instead. And then he's going to also be captaining the Team Austri- Austria at the ATP Cup. So, I mean, I was kind of, this is kind of surprising because Nicolas Masu has been like, was so, such a big force in terms of making sure of, in terms of Dominic Team's progress in 2020 and his success obviously at the U.S. Open and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares without him. Um, but, you know, hopefully all three of these people, um, all four of these people, um, Tennyson, Grand Medicine Keys, Indy Murray, Nicholas Masu, and anyone else on that plane, um, will recover quickly and are going to be healthy.
1: So next up for hot headlines, we have Kirsten Flipkins her, and her injury in Abu Dhabi. Um, Kirsten Flipkins was playing Sophia Kennan, the number one seed in the second round match of Abu Dhabi and Flipkins took the first set so she was leading but in the second set at 4-5 Kennan, Flipkins jumped to get the ball and landed on the advertising board behind the baseline and twisted her ankle, her left ankle. Kirsten took to Instagram later and posted a video of the fall and it looked insanely painful. Like, just the video, as soon as, like, she fell, I just, my I cringed entirely because it was just horrible. And she also posted a status update along with the video. She said she partially tore her, her ligament and has already started rehab and physiotherapy. And after Flipkins was forced to retire, Kenan expressed her concerns and regrets that she could not Um, go over to a sister friend due to the COVID social distancing guidelines. And later she remarked, Kenan remarked, on the advertising boards, I think maybe not to get rid of it, but just to push it a little bit more back. This is just like an unfortunate incident that happens. And we agree because why should player safety be put at risk for monetary gain? Yeah, um,
0: monetary.
1: Oh, yeah yeah
0: it's it's late in the night we're we're tired but we're <laughs> it's okay but um i've also seen like on tennis twitter was kind of you know really shocked by this because well not shocked but because i think something similar happened to, to Nasi kokanakis a few years ago and that's why he had a severe injury after that and was like out for a significant period of time and is now just getting back and Kirsten Flipkins also had a super serious injury, and it's because of these, like, stupid little boards that don't need to be there, right? Like, it, if it's happened multiple times now, it's time to take them away. Like, if we, if we can replace Lions people with Hawkeye Live, I don't think it's that difficult to replace these advertising boards with another thing on the backboard.
1: I was watching the video, and not only was, like, the fact that she fell there, I was looking at the board, and so they have that little board on the floor, but then right behind it, the exact same logo is on the tarp on the back, and I'm like, what? I don't need to see this twice. It's, like, deja vu that I don't need right now.
0: Also, I believe the board that she fell on was of some like healthcare company or hospital chain, (laughs) and that's the same and that's the same hospital chain she ended up going to, to get her ankle treated. So, poetic justice, right? Not justice,
1: but yeah, just some parallels there. Unfortunate.
0: Yeah, our next hot headline is of one of my uh favorite tennis players but like not like he's in like my top I would say 15 favorites I mean anyone who follows our really Twitter
1: account, I'm thinking more top five okay Shabby, okay <laughs>
0: a- anyone who follows our Twitter account will like probably get this vibe. but I am a massive Matteo Berrettini fan yes I know he did not have that great of a season in 2020 but I don't know I just find I just I just like the guy and to make things even better, he recently announced that he's participating in a vaccine public health awareness campaign with Vanity Fair Italy as vac- vaccinations start to be distributed in Europe. So Vanity Fair Italy did an Instagram post about it. They're using the hashtag uh, vaccino. I don't speak Italian, but it translates to I vaccinate myself or I get myself vaccinated. So it's so awesome um, to see tennis players like Berrettini, well, So far, it's only one tennis player, Berrettini, taking this initiative. So it'd be pretty cool to see if any other tennis players, like, join in a similar type of thing. But I'm glad he's using his platform for a good cause.
1: Yeah, and we just had an episode about this, how humanitarian acts in the tennis world by tennis players. So go check that out if you haven't already. But yeah, again, it's amazing to see tennis players using their platform to promote positive change and positive things. So... Clap, clap, Matteo Berrettini. So on a more unfortunate note, Sloane Stephens and Juan Martin Del Potro both suffered the loss of loved ones recently. Sloane Stephens recently lost both her aunt and her grandmother due to COVID. And Juan Martin Del Potro lost his father, Daniel, who passed away at 63 years old. So it's very sad to hear both of these. I mean, both of these players are a huge asset to the tour. So I'm like, we're sending all our love to them. So moving right into the tennis talk, just so that you're not confused. This is, in fact, an Abu Dhabi, Antalya, and Delray Beach Open recap episode, not an Australian Open (laughs) (laughs) preview episode, because we've been talking a lot about that, only because it's been taking up a lot of the news these days. But we're going to dive right in with the Abu Dhabi Open recap, starting off with Irina Sabalenka, who defeated Koura Dermatova 6-2-6-2, to be the winner of this. She is the Belarusian world number 10 right now. She is on a 15-match winning streak, undefeated for three titles, including Ostrava, Linz, and now Abu Dhabi, and this is her eighth title in total and i mean with these wins and with this streak she is showing a lot of promise going into the australian open and actually um she's going to rise to um world number 7 with this win it's just that the wta website hasn't updated that yet
0: also not to you know not to flex or anything but josefina and i are kind of on a roll with our like predictions Like, if you remember our French Open comments, if you remember... um... ATP Finals. Oh, ATP Finals. Yes, yes, yes. I predicted Irina Sabalenka to win Abu Dhabi before this tournament even started.
1: Here she is. And there's proof of that. It's documented in our last episode, so go listen to that if you haven't already. Go listen to that.
0: Exactly. Our first episode of 2021. Highly recommend. But honestly, like, I picked her because she was doing so well towards the end of... 2020 she's the type of player who's like when she's on when she's like playing well she's like she can beat anyone and it's very hard to get through to her I mean for example like Maria Sakari who was playing so well um in Abu Dhabi you know lost to Sabalenka pretty handedly because Sabalenka just dominated this entire tournament so I mean it's pretty awesome she hasn't had as much like grand slam success so as you said it's going to be interesting to see how she does in the australian open this year but the finalist that she beat was veronika Kudermetova. she's from russia world number 46 this was her first tour final um she reflected on her loss, and she said, I think today is, was not my day because I was very slow, I had a lot of mistakes, but nevertheless, she had a pretty awesome tournament, and she's been doing pretty well since the end of last season. I think like her f- name first came up when she uh, upset Pliskova um, in one of the New York tournaments, um, and then she also reached the Ostrava and Linz quarterfinals, so it's been a pretty good past couple of months for um, her as well.
1: And then continuing with Abu Dhabi, some notable players in the tournament include
0: Marta Kostiuk. So we remember um, talking about Kostiuk in the U.S. Open um, when she took Naomi Osaka to a dramatic three-set match. I was watching parts of it. It was very good. And immediately, while I was watching her play, I was like, this girl's kind of awesome. Like, why haven't we heard more about her yet? Um... And I think people have now sort of really, after that Osaka match, really started talking about her more. She had a bunch of success in some ITF events towards the end of the season. Um, and, and Abu Dhabi, she reached her first WTA 500. Remember, this is a huge event, semifinal. And is wait, now... wait,
1: but technically hasn't everybody reached their first WTA 500 semifinal because they changed oh. the games?
0: <laughs> That's funny, yes. But um, now she's ranked... Uh, she's gonna jump to number 78 in the world so again also gonna be pretty interesting to see how she does in the australian open she says it's her favorite grand slam and josephina and i have become big fans of her josephina would you like to elaborate?
1: elaborate her
0: social media presence is amazing i must say
1: i did also i loved the new um the nike dress the kind of dark aquamarine one it just suited everybody so well but either way i was like following her success, we both were, of course, because of our social media accounts, go follow the Instagram and Twitter. Um we were both following her success in the tournament and I was like, wait, why don't I hear about this girl more? I don't understand. She's really cool. So
0: if anyone wants to do us a favor and get us some matching green Nike dresses that they wore in Abu Dhabi, we would not complain. We would take them happily.
1: Shravia, do you think we should start a p.o box
0: (laughs) (gasps) oh my god imagine if we did i mean i feel like we're still in the infancy of our podcast so maybe not much would be coming through it yet but soon i think we might be able to get some stuff in but feel free to dm us on instagram or twitter if you have any um opportunities you'd like to share with us
1: so next up, we have, on that note, next up, <laughs> we have Maria Sakari, who reached the semifinal and only fell to the eventual champion Sabalenka, like we said before. I mean, when Sabalenka's in her groove, there's no stopping her, and it's crazy. So Sakari beat Goff, Muguruza, and Kennan en route to the semifinals, so these are big wins. like This is not to be discounted whatsoever. So huge success for her, and huge fan. I don't know how I was gonna win this. Momentum
0: going into Australian Open definitely, but yeah, we're exactly
1: we're also fans of her,
0: and we, we would are. love to have her on the podcast. I mean, now that she's in quarantine, now that any of these in player players are in quarantine, and if they want, you know, something to do for thirty minutes of their time. Feel free. This entire
1: episode has just been us shouting at
0: ourselves <laughs> yep. on our own podcast. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to some of the ATP tournaments. We had two last week. Let's start with the Antalya Open.
1: Yep, and we have Alex Dimonora as the winner, the Australian world number 23. You can't so... see me right
0: now, but I'm like dancing in my chair when you said Alex Dimonora is the winner. So. Before we talk about his success in this tournament, I have, like, a genuine question because I see different versions of this on social media. Do you spell Alex Deminor's nickname, which is Demon, as D-E-M-I-N or D-E-M-O-N? Because I do it with the I because that's how his name is spelled, but it's obviously referring to Demon with an O, so I, I just I just don't know.
1: But, like, for me in my head, the thing is that I spell it with the I, and I say demon, but then I know in my head that it's supposed to be, like, demon. So I guess it works either way. I'm yeah. Not, I don't know.
0: I feel, I've seen demon with an O more, but I, I'm wondering if one of them is, like, incorrect. If it's incorrect, I'd like to know. because I think s- we should
1: ask the guy himself.
0: Exactly.
1: Alex Any- Demonore, if you're out there, please answer our questions.
0: Yeah. I've also seen, like, there's a lot of Alex Demonore fans out there on the social tennis social media world, which is awesome to see because we're huge fans of him too. He's like, when Josephina and I first started talking to each other about like professional tennis and like players we are fans of and stuff, I kid you not, Alex Stimenor was the first person that we said, like, and that we instantly bonded our over. Our first and,
1: mutual, exactly. Exactly.
0: And then we started talking to each other more and more about tennis, and here and we boom. are, a few months later, and we started our podcast in August. So Alex Stimenor is really who we have to thank we're starting hold on to your racket anyway back to his success in Antalya.
1: <laughs> he defeated Bublik, kind of 2-0 <laughs> because Bublik was forced to retire due to injury but either way this is a strong start in the season for demon going demon demon <laughs> we're still not sure about that especially going into the australian swing this is his fourth title and despite the luck he obtained in the final he fought through difficult opponents to get there so definitely worthy of the title and i'm talking about he defeated david goffin and Nicolás B- basilosvili
0: so yeah and i think demonor is always someone who starts his seasons off super well and then kind of is good at carrying that momentum but um you know i am super excited to see him play in the australian open because he wasn't able to last year uh because he got injured after the atp cup so it's gonna be pretty awesome to see him there um because he always does so well in his home country but um yeah I'm looking forward to his next few tournaments but to talk about the finalist Alexander Bublik um he's from Kazakhstan world number 49 he's kind of known as the jokester on the tour um Josefina wants me to include this pun here um considering his demeanor slash demonor on the tour okay Josephina, great great pun right there
1: I do my best
0: and you might know Bublik from his controversial underhand serves, although I'm a big fan of them. Um, Josephina actually told me a few days ago that Bublik's last name in Russian like well it is Russian, it translates to bagel in English.
1: So now it's just it's just a matter of whether he's bageled or bagels others.
0: Exactly. So, Alexander Bublik, he posted on Instagram after the final a picture of him and Demonor, um, and he captioned it, quote, toughest final ever for at Alex Demonor. Anyways, glad to be there again, which is, I felt <laughs> like, that's, like, the best caption. That's, like, a pretty good caption Like, if right you're there. gonna
1: retire from a match, do it with style, okay? Like, Bublik, take it lightly, don't make the other person feel bad. In fact bring them up so like help them feel their success I don't know Shravia help me say words
0: help them you know support them celebrate their exactly win. yep I also would just like to point out that I also predicted that Alex Stevenor would win this tournament so we're kind of on a roll with our predictions on this podcast
1: mm-hmm. for 2021 so far you are leading in that manner but Don't worry, I'll be back. The Australian Open is coming up. Exactly. I still have to think a little about it, but I think I could have some decent little picks there. So, speaking of picks, notable players in the tournament include David Goffin, who was the person that I picked to be the winner for Antalya. He is the Belgian world number 16. In the last episode, check it out, we talked about how he was on a five-match losing streak before this year but we also talked about the major possibility that he would come back stronger from those losses, and we could not have been more correct. He made it to the semifinals, only to be defeated by the eventual champion, Demenor, in three sets. So, I think we're still on a roll, even with this little prediction. Yeah,
0: no, I agree. I I, I was very happy to see GoFan having success again, because he ended his season on not the best note, but good to see him back. Our last tournament of the week, and on all, in all honesty, I think this is the tournament that people were playing the, paying the least attention to, maybe until the final, or maybe until I just, some <laughs> controversial events that happened at that tournament. I just
1: completely neglected it on the social medias. I was just <laughs> like, you know what, Delray Beach is it really happening.
0: Yeah, there were some comments made of that tournament, which we're going to talk about in just a bit, that put it in the spotlight for maybe the wrong reasons. But anyway, positive news first. Hubert Hurkacz, he's a Polish tennis player, world number 35, took the title, um, and he defeated Sebastian Korda, who was the finalist. We're just going to talk about him in just a bit. Uh, 6-3, 6-3. So Hurkacz didn't face a single top 100 player en route to the title, but... Still a great way to start the season, great run to the title, he definitely faced um, a tough opponent in the final, which is Sebastian Corda, who's been doing great these past few months, Um, and also Hurkacz honestly has been doing pretty well too, remember he just came off that Paris Masters 1000 doubles title with FAA, so I mean, it's nice to see him picking up a singles title too.
1: And after his win and during, like, while he was winning during the tournament, he talked about Iga Swiatek's impact on Polish tennis in one of his interviews. He said, what she did at the French Open was unbelievable and a huge inspiration. It's amazing what she has done, winning a Grand Slam, not being seated and playing the way she played. So that's really inspiring for all of Poland, what she did achieve. And speaking of Iga, I mean, she recently won the second place award for Polish Athlete of the Year. So this proves a lot of success for the Polish tennis realm, I think, going into 2021. So moving on to talking about the finalist, Sebastian Korda, the American world number 119. He is the young finalist. He conquered some nerves in his semifinal match prior to this one but he made it to the final nonetheless. And he actually gave an adorable speech after his round of 16 match in appreciation of his mom because he felt that she deserves more recognition in a family where his father is a previous Grand Slam champ and his sisters are professional golfers, so he kind of put the spotlight on her when he thought she deserved it, so I thought that was sweet.
0: Yeah, also he said that she was the one who really shaped his game, like, growing up and stuff. So that was definitely interesting to hear. It's always interesting to see players who have, like, tennis player parents or, like, parents very much involved in um, tennis. And we see that playing out in a bunch of different ways. Like, on one hand, you see Sophia Kennan's dad, like, literally with her all the time in the coaching box, stressing out. But, you know, on the other hand, you see... Um, relationships like Caroline Wozniacki which she had with her dad and they stayed together as coaches for forever and it always seemed like a really chill relationship but you know and now we have Wolfgang Team joining Dominic Team in Australia so all these parents and at the ATP Cup mm-hmm. exactly so regardless Sebastian Corda. everyone's been talking about him for the past few months because of his success but Josefina right before our first episode, had been saying to keep an eye out for this guy. So before Western and Southern Open, she's had an eye on Corda, And, I mean, Josefina, if you want to talk a a little bit about his success since then, I think it's worth highlighting.
1: Yeah, I mean, after I said that he would do well, (laughs) yes. um, He made it to the round of 16 in the French Open, losing to Rafael Nadal. I mean, that's No shame in that. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. And he also grabbed his first Challenger title at the end of 2020. So, I mean, I don't know if this success is, like, on my part, but (laughs) (laughs) definitely a great year and great um, stuff coming for this guy.
0: Yep. Um, He's... Although, what, what was interesting is he specifically chose not to play Australian Open qualifying so that he could play Delray Beach. And it paid off. Like, it definitely paid off. So I saw one tweet. I believe uh, their Twitter, Twitter handle is Tennis and Aloha. They tweeted that, um, you know, if Andy Murray can't play the Australian Open because of his COVID situation and they need to replace the wild card, Sebastian Corda would be a really good pick to give the wild card to, which I agree with.
1: I just realized that Andy Murray pulled out of Delray because he didn't want to catch covid before the australian open and he did so maybe if he would have gone to delray (laughs) who knows what would have happened
0: yeah who knows so in terms of notable players in the tournament we want to talk a little bit about christian harrison so he's an american tennis player world world number 789 so he's coming back after a bunch of injuries and he won the most matches he has won in a while so Um, he won one ATP tour level match between 2012 to 2020, and already he's won three in 2021. So definitely a way to come back. So he defeated the first seeded qualifier to get into the main draw. And then the first seed Christian Guerin, he injured himself uh, at Delray Beach and unfortunately had to pull out of the Australian Open. So Christian Harrison beat, Christian Guerin, um, to reach the quarterfinals of Delray. But here's where some controversy comes up, and where Delray Beach got some uh, bad press. Yeah. Exactly. So, Harrison refused to wear a mask for his on-court interview after his second-round match. And because of this, he wasn't allowed to complete the interview, which is a totally amazing rule. That's totally fair. And Because he broke the rule, he was fined $3,000. And remember, this guy, like, ranked number 789 in the world, you're not making big bank like some of these other top 100 players might be. So, I mean, if he had just worn the mask, he wouldn't have had to pay that fine. But then, he said in a later statement, he said, After my second round match, I chose not to do my post-match interview due to wearing a mask. It's not healthy to wear a mask in the hot sun for more time than absolutely necessary after a tough match. I was given the impression it was optional. I wasn't told I would be fine. I just have so many concerns um, about American ATP tennis players. Like, John Isner and Sam Querrey have already had their Okay,
1: we thought it was issues. bad enough, and then this guy shows up. And then Tennis Sandgren. Like, oh, what? boy. <laughs> it's like, at this point, it's embarrassing, but we have S- Sloane Stevens, Madison Keys, and Serena Williams out there, you know, representing the name.
0: Yeah, Francis TFO, Michael Moe, who actually exactly. qualified mm-hmm. for the oh, Australian yeah. Open. Oh, yeah. So, we have our, our saviors of American tennis coming. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and that is game, set, and
1: match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the pre Australian Open tournaments, the ATP Cup, and the big AO itself, the Australian Open, and of course, all the Tian Tour. Email us at
0: holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on.
1: Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts.
0: Follow us on social media at holdontoyourracket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore tennis pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be released as the pre-Australian Open tournament start and we'll be updating you on any important hot headlines.
1: And remember, my name is Josephina, And my name is Shravya. That is, if you enjoyed this episode, if you didn't like it, please tell your friends. My name is Ben and Shravi's name is Harry. See you next time.